everyone welcome to the new episode of podcast called behind the success where we not only talk about the success formulas but we also talk about how to sustain success what are the values what are the strengths and how you actually create the entire frame framework for yourself in today's episode we have latisia with us and we are going to talk about india and content creation Latisha has been to India n number of times now and through her experiences and discoveries she has been creating lot of content around India and also to promote India or i would say the livelihood of indian citizens across the planet she has a strong presence on tiktok youtube and instagram So I would like to welcome you for the episode. Thank you for the invitation. It's I'm really happy to be here. It's a big honor and I hope we have a great talk today. So before we get into the longer conversation and I would say uh, the so called questions which I have in mind. So right now I'm actually curious to know because uh, I would say I've been to a lot of countries a couple of times and similarly you have been to India n number of times I would say and I'm sure you must had different different experiences every time you visited India so my question to you is and what were the exact emotions the feelings you had when you're coming to India for very first time okay um I went to India for the first time through an ISAC internship. Uh, there are several people that I know who had been a part of this organization called ISAC. For those who don't know it, it's the largest youth-run organization. And the purpose of ISAC is to create better leaders for tomorrow. And they do this through either experiences of work inside the organization itself. or leadership experiences by taking different internship opportunities abroad there are two types of internships that isaac usually does one of them is to do short term internships like in volunteering work in volunteering organizations and jobs across the world and the second part is um It's called it's a program called Global Talent which is for people to do paid internships in their area of expertise in uh, any different country. So I graduated in fashion design and India had a lot of opportunities for fashion designers because India is one of the leaders in textile and garment production worldwide and they make uh, India makes a lot of clothes for brands throughout the world. So the first time that I heard about Isaac I will be very honest and the, I think I don't mind sharing this part of my experience because I think this is what drove such a huge change inside of me and that you know led towards the development of whatever I do today Before going to India I had a huge prejudice against India because everything people used to tell me was very negative People used to say, "Oh, there's only poverty. There's uh, too many poor people. The country is very dirty. People litter all around. It's not safe for women." And this was a huge topic in that time because I decided to 
um, have an experience abroad in the end of 2012. And in that time is whenever the Nirbhaya case happened in Delhi and there was a huge thing worldwide that really tarnished the name of the country as being extremely unsafe for women. And in that time, I, I had never, ever really studied about, you know, Indian culture. I had never listened to Indian songs or watched Indian films. I really didn't know much apart from the negative stereotypes that were all over the place. So I didn't want to go to India at all. I was scared. And there were members of Isaac from Jaipur that used to keep sending me the the internship opportunities in the city. And, you know, they used to say, oh, there's a lot of opportunities for fashion designers or, you know, in the fashion industry in Jaipur, you should come here. And I wouldn't even reply because, you know, I really thought that this is not the best fit for me. And then after a few months that I was applying for Isaac internships, I started changing my mind and I started realizing that, you know, there are several people abroad that they also have a bad image about Brazil. People think that Brazil is only about drugs, about <laughs> drug trafficking and violence and whatever it is. And it's not true. Or I mean, it, there's so much more to the country besides this, you know. So I thought India is so is actually a huge growing economy. So maybe I should actually give it a try and go there and see from my own eyes what is real and what is not real instead of what I just hear from the media, right? So that's when I started changing my perspective that... You should actually go to the country and have the experience for yourself rather than believing everything that you see, you know, in the media, because the media has its own reasons for portraying such countries in the way it does. So I just decided to take a leap of faith and go. And that's how I ended up in Jaipur in July of 2013. of my travel experiences and I realized that there's one thing which is common that uh, we both have been to at least one country more than a couple of times. Uh, so for example, I, uh, for our listeners and viewers, uh, I've been to Russia three times and I always had a different kind of thrill or different kind of emotions while flying to the country or while coming back. Uh, so I would like to know that since every, every visit you made to India, uh, was there something different or was there uh, different set of emotion inside you? Definitely. I think uh, on my flight to India, before India was actually in Italy, I got an internship in Italy as well. So I flew first from Brazil to Italy. I spent six weeks in Italy. And then from Italy, I went directly to India. And the whenever I was on the plane, I thought a lot about how Every second that passed, I was going farther from home than, than I had ever been. It was India was my first time in Asia, and it was the farthest country from Brazil that I had ever been to in that time. And that thought was occurring to me all the time, and it was like, oh my God, I am going so far from home. Like each second, it's farther from home. And I remember when I was in the plane, 
uh, boarding to India and I saw a lot of Indian people. It, it was like the most that I had seen Indian people in my life. And everybody looked so different from me. And I was like, wow, I am really going to a place that is very different from my culture. So whenever I landed in Jaipur for the first time, it was, wow, that those those first days and the first feeling that you get in India is something that I don't think anyone ever forgets because you land and you get out of the airport and I was like, wow, I, I am really here, you know, like everybody in the street is Indian and everything is so different. And then I remember there was this uh, Isaac member who went to pick me up at the airport. He was Abimanyu. And he went to pick me up and he, he put my luggage in his car. And in the beginning, it was also a strange thing for him because I don't look like the average Brazilian, right? I am half Japanese. So I was looking for the Indian guy that was supposed to pick me up. And he was like, who is the Brazilian girl that I'm supposed to pick up? Like, it's not this girl that I am seeing, right? So it was funny for both of us. And he picked me up. And on the on the way, I got the first feel of Indian traffic. And I remember that he was driving on the road. And you know, like how people just, they just start crossing in front of the cars at all times. And some cars, they drive on the wrong side of the way. And sometimes there's a cow in the middle of the street. And the first time this happens, you're like, oh my God, like the, the car is going to crash. I am going to die. Something is going to happen. And I remember that he was driving on the road. And there was a guy, like he was literally in the middle of the road and he was waving like this, like, no, you know, like I am here. Somehow he got stuck in the middle of the road and he just couldn't cross. <laughs> and this image of him doing this, like, be careful, I am here. I, I will never forget. And I just remember seeing all of this and thinking like, oh my God, like, where am I? What is this place? And then I went to the supermarket and I... I couldn't recognize anything there. Like all of the food, everything that was there had a different name. And I didn't even know what to buy. So I bought a packet of Maggie. And I went back to the house where I was staying and I cooked the Maggie. And it was so spicy for me. And I couldn't even eat half of the packet. And I was like, oh my God, the, the traffic is too much. And it was really hot because it was before the monsoon season started. So I was like, the heat is too much, the traffic is too much, the the spiciness of the food is too much. I don't think I'm going to be able to stay here for eight months. Oh my God, what, what am I going to do? So the first feeling that you're getting that there are always like a huge mix of feelings, you know, all at once. And it, it's super intense. It's too intense for your palate for you know your ears for everything everything is like a lot so the first days they're definitely very challenging and there's a lot to absorb in the beginning interesting also uh, since i know that you've been learning uh, hindi as a language and then uh, i mean uh, learning cooking indian cuisines and all of that i would like to know that do you feel that there are certain changes uh, uh, which has come permanently to your personality uh, by being a part of culture? My personality changed a lot. Like, I 
sometimes I don't recognize now the person that I was before going. And this is one of the most beautiful things that I think about India, that it's a, a country that it changes you a lot. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you want to change, it's just going to happen, you know. And I think you need to be very open and very embracing of this change because what happens is that before going I was uh, I was a, a normal Brazilian mid-20s girl I had graduated from college I had done my master's I had a job I was living in the biggest city of the country which is Sao Paulo so I felt very free, very independent. I felt like I could just wear anything, do whatever I wanted. I used to go to parties on Saturdays and come back very late. And I was very a very carefree person. I didn't put many thoughts about other people's needs. Let's say I didn't used to think so much about inequality or other aspects of the world. And I used to consider myself like very a pretty open-minded person you know but what happened was that whenever I arrived in India and everything was too much it's not an easy change or it's not easy to handle all of this that happens inside you and what happened was that I found out that I had several prejudices that I didn't really think that were there inside of me and I found out that the world was so much broader than I imagined and that certain problems were so much more complex than I envisioned because whenever you live in a country which is, let's say, Western, and I would just generalize Western because many people don't even consider Brazil to be Western, but Brazilians do, so <laughs> it's okay. And what happens is that you have this certain notion about countries like India. And it's kind of ironic to say this because Brazil does have certain inequality. I mean, it's not as strong as in India, but it does. And a lot of people from like US or Europe or even Brazil, they like to think that they know the solutions to these countries, right? Like, oh, but the problem of India is the caste system because it's because of the caste system that there is so much uh, inequality or discrimination. Or oh, Indian people should do this, people in Africa should do that. And people already have these preconceived notions of what are the solutions to different countries. And that is a complete lie, right? Whenever you actually go to that country and you realize you don't understand anything about that culture and the solutions that you thought that you had for those people, they don't want those solutions. It doesn't work for them. And you really need to undress yourself from all of those notions and you need to actually be open to understand that culture, you know, to understand like, okay, but what is the real problem that India faces and is there actually anything that I can do about it? Because eventually you figure out that it's so much bigger than you, you know, it's so much bigger than your white, white savior complex, you know, yeah. that... Oh, I would just go there. I know I will fix everything. And those people need me because they cannot fix anything by themselves. And it's a huge thing that I think that everyone who comes from any other country to India, they should learn to unthink and 
relearn everything, you know, learn everything from scratch. So the person that I was before was someone else, someone who thought that, oh, uh, my life is so easy and I have all of the answers to everything. You know, I write about stuff. And when I arrived in me, they realized that, wow, this is nothing like I imagined. And I really need to learn to think like them and learn to understand the culture, you know, in general, like why are things like, why things work the way they work. And I would say that this is a main part of what I do today. Like the, the point of, my Instagram and my YouTube and my TikTok, it's not just to show life in India. Oh, here, you know, here, this is my house. This is my street. This is the supermarket in India. But the main point is to actually show people the real side of the country that we learn so little about when we are outside, you know, that we learn so little about. And I really love to break in other people, the same stereotypes that I used to have and to show people another way and to create empathy in people whenever they are thinking about the country, you know, like whenever we talk about um, poverty in India, for instance, you know, I don't think it's fair whenever people go and they already throw a lot of judgment. Oh, this happens because of this. Oh, Indian people are poor because of that. Oh, there's a lot of blah, 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 blah. I think it's important to actually understand, to actually study the roots and the reasons why, you know. And before I went to India, I didn't even know that India had been colonized by the Britishers because in Brazil, you learn almost nothing about India. So I learned the effects of colonization in India. I learned how um, the British Empire changed the caste system, for instance, that it's something that in the West, people really believe that the only fault behind discrimination in the caste system is Indian people and Hinduism and because Hinduism is the reason behind caste system and this is just religious intolerance you know I got to learn that Britishers influenced a lot of the caste system for instance that they created criminal castes and this is something that nobody learns it's some it's a, a bad stereotype that India has and people really need to go deep into the culture to understand that you know what things are much more complex than what they imagine today. So I definitely changed a lot as a person in the country. That's really blessing to know. Uh, again, since you you just talked a little, uh, I would like to know about since since you started creating content and uh, when you talk about it could be any medium stuff, and I know that you you have a channel called. Uh, 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 I mean, where you talk about India and talk about experiences, uh, uh, or um, or how exactly the India looks at it's, it's just maybe one way of presenting India, India's reality uh, in Portuguese uh, to present. And uh, the specifically, what I what I would like to know is that uh, what is your stronger focus? I mean, I, I would say that when once you started it, uh, was there any particular why or particular reason? Or something that maybe just for fun. So I'd like to do that. Okay. I start. I actually started posting about India uh, as soon as, as I arrived in the country. I started posting about my learnings and my impressions on my Instagram. On my, I mean, sorry, on my Facebook. So whenever I first arrived in India, I used to post about my experiences on my Facebook just to my friends and my family. 
And my experience in India was very different than what people told me that it was going to be. Like before I went, a lot of people said, oh, don't go there. You're going to be raped. Oh, don't go there. It's so far. Don't go there. It's so violent. And whenever I went, I realized that there's so much more than I imagined that I had a very positive experience. And I started naturally writing about this on my Facebook, right? And people like the, the way I write. They say that I am good with words or that I write really well. But this really stayed in the, in the personal level for the most of my time there, right? I mean, I, I had a really great experience in India, but it was also extremely challenging. Because once I started staying longer in the country, I had to face like um, a very difficult part of the, the cultural shock, which was the fact that not everyone is so open or willing to accept a foreigner inside the society. Like people accept foreigners very well as tourists, but they not necessarily um, accept foreigners so easily whenever the foreigner decides to be a part of the actual society, you know, like staying in the country. So I faced a lot of criticism. I faced a lot of backlash, both from, from Indians and from Brazilians as well. And this was really tough for me. So for a, long, a really long time, I kept my... For a really long time, I kept my experiences more private to myself and the people that I know. And I really had to break out of that. And I really had to first heal myself from everything difficult that happened to me in order to be able to open my life to other people, right? So it was only, uh, even though I arrived in India in July 2013, it was only in July 2019, six years later, that I decided to make my Instagram actually public and that I started like sharing more of my experiences so that other people could also have access, people that I didn't know. And this is a huge, I would say, um, step because one big part, and this is one thing that I see very commonly in people who want to dive into the social media ways, but they, they are afraid to, is because people are afraid of others' criticism, right? It's very common that before you launch a channel or an Instagram account or whatever it is, especially if it's one where you actually show yourself there, you show your face there. Because one thing is for you to launch a brand account where you post about your brand and you don't really show yourself personally. That is very easy. But another thing is for you to put yourself in the line where you show your face and you tell your experiences. And you open yourself up to criticism. You already know that, you know, maybe some people will not like what I'm saying. Maybe some people will criticize me and... It's not an easy process, you know, so I, I see that many people that they come to me asking, oh, I want to post about this, but I am afraid because I, I don't know if people are going to like it or not. This also happened to me. So I started posting gradually on my Instagram, like in the beginning is to post only photos. And I used to make, I started making stories about Indian culture. And I started with the stories because I thought that stories, they only last for 24 hours. So even if it's something that someone may not like, it's not going to be there after one day, right? Tomorrow it will be gone. So I started breaking my barrier of fear this way. So I started posting 
uh, about learning Hindi. I started posting, for instance, oh, I was in India and it was Diwali time. So I started posting why why Diwali happens as a festival, showing ganteras, showing everything that happened before and after Diwali, and explaining the reasons to people. I think the most interesting is not to show like, oh, the streets are full of lights, but why is Diwali the festival of lights, right? This is what makes it so special. Why is Holi the festival of colors? Why people celebrate at Shabandam? Why everything happens? The why, I really like to explore the whys. So I started posting on my stories and uh, I started getting a really good uh, feedback from people. People actually really liked the way I was doing it, but I didn't used to show my face because I was scared of showing my face and I was I was very shy to the camera, let's say. So I used to just, you know, find photos, for instance, of Diwali or make a small video of Diwali, like the lights on the street. And then I would write the text on top. Oh, this happens like this. The houses are with the lights because of this. It happens, you know, every year in a different time of the year, blah, 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 blah. And slowly and steadily, I started like losing the fear of showing myself also, you know, like the way that I am doing to you. I wouldn't do this two years ago. I, I wouldn't think about this. So I started losing the fear slowly and steadily of like putting my face in the camera. First it was like in small clips and then I started making bigger clips. So everything started happening happening in a more natural way as I felt more comfortable with things, right? Like first I would show my face on a small story. Then I will make a very small IGTV video. The first small IGTV video I made was about the recipe of chai. And if you compare the way that I talk on the video with my YouTube videos today, you can see like how I managed to become more comfortable in the camera over time. So I, I, I really started sharing and then people started resharing my content to other people. Oh my God, my mom really likes India. I will tell her about your account. Oh my God, I, I really learned something from what you posted today. I will share this with my followers because... I, I learned very beautiful things about India. I learned about spirituality. I learned about growth. I learned about having empathy towards other people, about looking to other people and, you know, seeing what you can do to help them, but in a real way with stuff that they actually care about. And I just started sharing a lot of this. Um, last year, I made a post that was very popular that a lot of people reshared, which was something that... Most people wouldn't think about at first, which was about the, the fact that in India, people at the beaches, they usually don't wear a bikini because in Brazil, the beach culture is extremely strong. Everybody goes to the beach every year. So people have this a huge concern with their appearance and being fit because you need to show your body at the beach. And there is uh, unsaid pressure of wearing the bikini, right? Like some people get a little hostilized if they go to the beach and they say that, oh, I, I would just wear shorts and a t-shirt because I don't feel comfortable. And people will tease them and like, oh, you know, why would you not put a bikini? Oh, you are so tacky. So I made a post challenging this concept because I know that most women that wear a bikini at the beach in Brazil, they don't feel comfortable in the bikini. I never felt comfortable in a bikini. You do it because it is a society yeah. pressure, right? It's a society pressure. And in India, people don't have the same pressure towards the body 
that you have in Brazil. People have the pressure of having a fair skin, but they definitely don't have the same level of pressure of having a toned body, being extremely fit. Brazil is the second largest country when it comes to plastic surgeries. People are very obsessed here with having bigger breasts or so they do like breast implants and a lot of Botox and a lot of this stuff has already become so normalized in Brazilian culture that I made uh, a series of posts challenging this. Like, why is this normal? Why do we think that women are free if they wear a bikini, but they are not free if they go to the beach in India wearing clothes? Why is one freedom and the other isn't freedom? We need to challenge these concepts and this cultural exchange is so rich in this aspect because you, you really... I learned not only about India, but living in India made me learn about my country. It made me learn about why are things this way in Brazil also. I started questioning this, you know, like why are people so obsessed over over the body in Brazil? In India, they're not. You know, even if in India, I don't feel, let's say, free to wear short skirts on the street, I feel free in India to have more weight than I would in Brazil. Even if I gain a few cages in India, it doesn't matter so much because you wear clothes which are a little loose. So it doesn't show as much and people don't ju judge you so much for this. Right? So the concept, of, I started questioning the concept of freedom. So people really liked this post and they started sharing this post with a lot of other people and they started gaining more followers. And then the purpose behind all of this was that First, I want to show people that India is not a horrible country that they believe it is. I really wanted to break these stereotypes in people. And second is like to teach people to have empathy towards others, because I believe the I, I really believe that empathy is the key into me uniting different cultures. You know, it really breaks barriers that people had before. And they, whenever they learn to see that there's so much more behind it, they start seeing that other culture with an open heart, right? Like nowadays, even if I post one of the, let's say, negative or difficult sites about Indian society, like for instance, about the poverty, nowadays people already see my videos and my content with a much more open mind, right? right? They became much more open-minded that even if I say something which is difficult, they already understand and they don't think anything negative about India because of that, right? Even if I'm talking, oh, India has uh, these many people that don't have access to toilets, for instance. People will not see this in a way that, oh, this is so gross, or this is so backwards. They will see that this like, oh, wow, this is such an important topic about India, you know, and they really see things in a different way. And the, the so the first point was about this, right, was about breaking the stereotypes. The second point was to create empathy. And the third point was just because I felt grateful in general, you know, I felt, I felt grateful for everything that I learned in India. And I just felt that I just wanted to share this with other people. So when I started, I didn't really have any expectation that, oh, one day I am going to make money out of this. You know, like I, I was just doing it because it's something that I really love. I think India must be my favorite topic of conversation today or anything. 
you know, if you want to talk about food, they will talk about Indian food. If you want to talk about movies, they will talk about Bollywood. If you want to talk about religion, they will, I will talk about Hinduism. <laughs> so it became my favorite topic. And uh, apart from this, we also have a, a fashion brand, which is called Happy, where we make our products in, in India with Indian artisans. And one part of our profits, we destinate to an Indian NGO that works with women empowerment. And I, the last reason why I started posting more on my personal Instagram about India is that I felt that it connected my customers more to the story of India, right? So that they could understand, but why is Leticia bring, or why is the founder of Happy bringing stuff specifically from India? Why did she choose to help Indians an Indian and Joe instead of a Brazilian and Joe. What, what's the whole story behind this? And whenever people connect to me, they connect to my brand more as well. So I also thought about this. I was feeling that I needed to, to bridge this gap. There was definitely a gap between my customers that they were not necessarily, when I used to make a Facebook ad, they were not necessarily understanding the whole point about India, right? But it makes sense if the person understands my story. So I felt the need also to start sharing more of my story so that people would also resonate to what I do as the work. So I started like sharing more and it started working out, you know, people started connecting more to my work and eventually becoming my customers. And then what happened last year was, of course, the pandemic. Like I was in India from the starting of the year from January. And then in lock in March, the lockdown happened, and I just stayed in the country like most of the year. So what happened was that during the pandemic, I couldn't import anymore, right? So I, I started figuring out like other solutions. And in that time, like I mean, you certainly know how much people were in need because of the sudden lockdown, and a lot of workers couldn't go back home. People you know, lost their works overnight. And along with the NGO that we partnered with, we started like doing some campaigns to raise some money to, you know, provide some uh, dry ration kits and things like this. And, you know, people also started like talking more about my account, like, you know, let's help in India, you know, this is happening in India, let's help and sharing and and everything. And eventually one day, one thing happened that was a complete game changer for me. I was already like gaining some followers in a steady way, but it was a, a little bit slow. And then one day, a girl, she texted me and me and I guess perhaps 20 other people. And these are all Brazilians who live across the world. They are all from different countries. There is one who lives in Chile, one who lives in U.S., Canada, Spain, Japan, all over. And she texted all of us on Instagram and she said, you know, because all of them, uh, most of them, I am an exception, most of them work with tourism. They are Brazilian tour guides in different countries. They live there permanently and they receive these Brazilian tourists. They have their own travel agencies and stuff. And with the the global pandemic, everybody stopped traveling, right? So all of them lost their complete incomes overnight, like everything. The borders were closed, nobody could travel. So this one who is from, who lives in Chile, she said, 
you know, nobody can work right now. All of us just lost everything. Why don't we, you know, make a group and we start helping each other somehow, right? And I don't know how, but let's make a group on WhatsApp and figure it out. And then I was like, okay, you know, of course, I would love to join whatever it is. Let's help each other, even if I don't work with tourism. So what happened was that she created this group, which became a group where we will talk about aspects. We, we will define a topic in common, like, for instance, what are the five main touristic points of the city where you live? Right. So everybody will make a post talking about the countries where they live. Everybody will share the post at the same time on the same on the same date at the same time. And then you will tag all of the other girls below your post. So it's like I have I have made several posts about this already. So, for instance, um, the first one was an introduction post like. Oh, I, my name is Leticia. I have been in India since blah, blah, blah. I do blah, blah, blah. And why, let's meet. How about meeting other Brazilians that also live in different countries? And then we just tagged everyone, like Chile, this person, Spain, this person, US, this person, inviting our followers to go check the other accounts as well. And in the first time that we did this, I had like all of us gained around 300 followers in a day. It was insane, you know, like you seeing people like following, 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 following. And that's when we saw that we were onto something. So ever since we have this group where like twice a month, let's say we combine, we agree to a certain topic and then we decide that we are gonna write something cool about this topic or make a video or whatever it is. And everybody's gonna post and share everyone else's contents as well. Why? Because by sharing everyone else's content, you are gaining, uh, you are gaining exposure to a much broader audience, right? Like your name is there in at least 20 different accounts. Of course, nobody's going to go and check the exact 20 accounts, but some people that resonate more with India are going to check the post about India. Some people that resonate with Spain will check the post about Spain. And even if we are in lockdown, if we are in a time when we cannot travel, people are still planning their trips, right? They they know that one day the pandemic is going to be over and meanwhile they cannot travel, they can at least plan better and they can learn already about those cultures and they can there's a mix of things, you know, there's the, the part where people like to learn so that they can plan better a trip. There's also the part where they feel that they are still traveling somehow by getting to see another culture, even if it's virtually. Mm. And there, there are people who just want to get to know about different cultures, right? So this was a huge thing for us. And it's, it, it really started to, to be a really cool thing for all of the girls because one started referring the other, like, you know, sometimes I someone will come to me who is already my follower. Oh, Leticia, do, do you have someone who lives in uh, Australia because they want to go to Australia? Do you have any account from Australia to recommend? Because I don't know anyone from there. So I would recommend the, the person from Australia. And this started happening, creating like a huge circle of people who just support each other online. And that, it's wonderful, you know. 
so because of this, of course, the all, all, all of the followers that you get are not just from this, because eventually you get different followers that came from this, but people that love your account for a certain reason, because they love Indian culture or whatever it is. And they also reshare your account to their own followers. So I started getting reshares from accounts that some people that reshared my account that are not a part of this group, but that they just liked, you know, what I post. Some of those people, they had like 100,000 followers. So they would like reshare me and I would get like 500 followers in a day. You know, so my account started growing pretty fast and I started getting like 2,000 followers in a month, 2,000 followers on the next month. And this kept repeating until the end of the year. And then other groups started happening. I mean, groups that are that I was not a part of, uh, other groups also started like calling me to be a part of those groups. And eventually I was a part of like three groups at a certain point of time, you know. And it's been a pretty interesting experience and until today, it's something that I use as a tool for growing my account on Instagram because a main point that people need in order for their account to grow is for other people to be talking about them, right? Yeah. That, that, that's, it's the key of everything. It's, it's the mouth to mouth. It's like yeah. one person telling their group of friends that, you know, this girl here, she talks about India and I really like her content for this and this and this reason. Check her account. And if people go to your account and they like your account, they will follow your account. So it's not just about getting referred by a person, but whenever someone goes in your profile, they need to like whatever they see there, right? So there are several studies. I'm sorry, because I already jumped, I think, ahead of the conversation. But I think it was going to lead to this eventually, right? So... Um, eventually, like whenever the person is going to your account, they need to like what they see. So if they go in your account, but your feed on your Instagram is not very appealing, or you don't post stories which are very interesting, or you don't have good IGTV videos or whatever it is, they're not going to follow, right? They're just going to check and they're, okay, I am not interested. I will not follow back. And so you need to Apart from this strategy where you already built this networking of people that are talking about you and you're talking about them, you also need to make sure that whatever you're sharing in your account is interesting enough that will make people stay. So for instance, whenever there are studies about this, that the first thing people check whenever they see a new profile is the stories. They go to the stories. So if you have someone that is going to promote you on a on a specific day you already know that you need to make your stories of the day very compelling so if on the day i i know that people are going to be posting about me i just just post stories like sharing my face and just talking a bunch of nonsense and just you know very uninteresting doing things people are not going to follow me back but if on the day i post a very interesting content about india like oh, let me show today the streets of India or let me show what it is a supermarket in India or let me show what it is, uh, why this and this and this thing happens, then people are going to follow. And the second thing they check is your feed. So they go first in your stories and then they go on your feed. So your feed also needs to be nice. So I make sure that I, I choose nice photos, that I edited them all using the same filters so that everything looks like it has a unity. 
and that they would just like it and they would just start following me and they will stay because they like whatever I post next, right? So your content needs to to be all interesting all the time. You need to reinvent yourself. You need to be creative. You need to make sure that you always have something very interesting to say. And after I started growing my Instagram account, I, I was having perhaps a little less than 10,000 followers, maybe eight or 9,000, which was July of last year. Um, Piyush, my husband, he encouraged me to make a YouTube channel. I was still not comfortable at all with the whole video concept, but he was like, you know, I was making some IGT videos sometimes. And then he started telling me, you're already having so much work in creating content. Why don't you just put it on YouTube? Because at least you can get paid for it. Right. And I made my channel and I started posting videos like once a month or some months I wouldn't even post anything. It was not very consistent. And then eventually hit me that, you know what? YouTube is the only platform that is actually going to pay me just for creating the content. Because on Instagram, even if you have 100,000 or 1 million followers, you are not going to get any money out of it unless you go after the money. So you need to be approaching brands. Collaboration. Yeah, you need to do a lot of brand partnerships. You need to keep going after these deals, right? And on YouTube, it's not like this. If you have the right number of watch hours and the right number of subscribers, YouTube is already paying you just because people are watching your videos, right? Through the ads. I mean, it's not like you are earning in the beginning a huge amount of money. Like it's not like I am earning all of my revenue from YouTube right now, having 3,700 subscribers. But it is a start. And the other point, which is very important, is that YouTube, if you are consistent enough, if you have people that keep going to your channel, if your channel keeps growing by itself, if people are watching your videos, if your videos are compelling enough that people are watching at least half of each one of your videos, eventually YouTube is going to take one of your videos and it's going to... The algorithm is going to work in your favor and that video is going to go viral. And once yep. that video is going to go viral, your channel is going to boom overnight, right? So you need to understand that you need to have the amount of patience and the consistency required that, okay, even if I am posting this video today and it's going to get me only 500 views, 200 views, whatever it is, I need to keep doing this because slowly and steadily, my channel is going to grow and eventually it will come a time when it's just going to skyrocket. So I have so, a question here. Uh, since we're talking about this, and uh, I believe that there are a lot of people actually uh, who have been thinking or maybe are still thinking to create content in the form of podcast, in the form of YouTube channel. Uh, so uh, see, there are a lot, lot of things which usually a lot of, creators talk about they talk about consistency they talk about talent they talk about a particular skill set to play with certain tools they talk about a particular niche where people actually create content about one particular genre so i would like to know that as per your experience if you have to guide the the upcoming content creator generation what could be that one thing or two things they can actually focus on i would say that 
there, there are several things. Let me think about them. <laughs> the first one. Sure. I would say that one thing that definitely helped my YouTube channel to grow or is helping my YouTube channel to grow is that I already have a base on Instagram that is a loyal base and that is a growing base. So on Instagram, it's not... It's not just about you having the followers. It's about you having engaged followers. Because if you have like 10,000 followers, but you have like a less than 1% engagement base, it means that nobody's even seeing what you're posting. Yeah. Right? So you need to have the, this base and you need to know how to send them to your YouTube channel. So the, the base doesn't need necessarily to be on Instagram. It can be a base that you build through a podcast. It can be built through a Facebook group. It can be built through um, uh, WhatsApp groups where you are always sharing about that, that specific topic to people who are interested and you are making them go on YouTube. I mean, I, I wouldn't even say that you actually need to have a YouTube channel, but I think the question is specifically to YouTube. So yeah, I mean, if you're talking also about Instagram, I think that the the quality in your content is the key to everything, right? If people are interested in what you are talking about, I mean, I never thought that people, I, I honestly, I genuinely never thought that people would be that interested about what I say about India, that I would be able to make money out of it, right? But I did monetize my YouTube channel back in February. So this was a surprise for me because when I started doing this in last year during the pandemic, I really didn't know what was going to come out of it. I just thought that, you know, I cannot rely only on my imports and I need to start doing something else and to find different ways of making money, right? Or to different ways to work, different ways to keep myself busy in those times when we're so stressed that you cannot really think about much. So I just started sharing things and it just started happening. And some of these women that I that I know who are tour guides in different countries, they have been able to make money in different ways, even if they are not receiving tourists. Like one of them that I know, this one from Chile, she has a really entrepreneurial mindset and she made an ebook about Chile that was amazing. You know, she sold more than 300 ebooks, even in a time when people cannot go to Chile. But yeah. she sold 300 ebooks. So there are different ways in which you can make money. And I started opening myself to the fact that I need to learn different things and I need to have different income sources, right? So uh, there is this one that made uh, this, this ebook. There are some people that, that sell consultancies about traveling, right? Like if you want to travel to Japan and you want a one-on-one advice about someone who lives there that person can you you can pay that person by the hour and they are going to help you like giving you the personalized advice that you need that you wouldn't easily find on the internet right or not but not everybody has the desire to scroll the internet for hours and hours and hours at end just to find out that information they just prefer to pay someone who's going to tell them what to do right <laughs> So I started opening up to this and I think that it is still very possible. I mean, I am proof that it's still very possible even in 2021 when there are so many Instagram accounts, when there are so many YouTube channels, you can still make it happen. But the only thing that you need to know is who is your niche, what is your niche and who is your audience, right? And 
I would never think that there was a niche about India, but there is. And the niche is huge. I have a friend that also makes videos about India. Her channel has almost 80,000 subscribers and she also started her channel last year. So people are interested about this. Yeah. And sometimes we don't really think that people will be interested in, in the same stuff that we are, but they are. And you just need to find, you know, know where to find them, for instance. What really helped me is that I found other people who also talk about travel. And eventually I started getting people who are interested about first travel to India and second about Indian culture, right? They started finding me. So I think, and I think what makes a difference in all of this is that I am talking about something that I love. I think that this is the main key. You need to love whatever it is that you're talking about because if you don't, if you're not interested enough in that in that topic or in that content, eventually you are gonna run out of ideas. You are not gonna really know what to say next, right? Because people say this a lot, like how do I keep the ideas flowing all the time? How do I stay creative all the time? How do I have content ideas all the time? But whenever you really like that topic, you realize that, oh my God, there's so much more to say still. Like for instance, I still, in, in all of, in this, let's say two years sharing about Indian culture, I have barely shared about Indian religions. I have barely shared about yoga, about Indian types of Indian dances. There's so much more to say that eventually it's difficult to run out because you you just keep thinking like, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't say about this yet. And I think maybe people will be interested about this. So whether you're interested about, let's say, oh, I am, in, I am interested about sustainability, right? You can make a list about different things regarding sustainability. And it's important that you share this in a way which is very easy for people to understand. You should always keep in mind that most people who are getting in touch with your topic, they don't know what you're talking about. So maybe if I am talking about plastic waste or recycling, and if I am talking to you, who is a person who already knows this, you are already know, going to know most of what I am saying, but most people who are new to my content, they don't know, right? So you need to understand that you need to explain it in a very simple way that people are going to learn, they are going to understand, and they are going to stay engaged. So that by the end of your content, whether it's a post on Instagram or whether it's a podcast or whether it's a video on YouTube, people can actually think have the, the feeling that I learned something from this content and this is why I am going to stay following whatever this person does, right? So I would say that these type of contents that became very trendy on YouTube three years ago where... Uh, a guy would just play Minecraft and he would just keep posting himself playing Minecraft on YouTube and somehow people are going to watch that. I think that this is not a valid solution anymore. I think that people need to think about other things. And I think that sometimes people don't value their own knowledge enough because I think that everybody has something very interesting to share with the world. And they don't actually think about it so easily because it's a part of, of their lives, right? So it's a part of their daily lives. So they not necessarily understand that it's not a part of other people's lives and they will be very interested in what to do, right? Like for instance, 
uh, you've been working with um, sustainability, with the trash, with recycling, for composting for years now. So maybe for you, this is a topic that is like, I already know everything there is to know about this. And, you know, I don't think anybody is interested about this. But, you know, perhaps you you can get ideas from very simple conversations with people. Like one day you're having a conversation and someone is like, oh, you know, this um, banana peels are bothering me so much. And then you tell them like, oh, but you know that from banana peels, you can make like something to put on your plants or you can do this other another solution. And then you realize that, oh, my God, this is so interesting. You know, maybe other people can also have this to be interested in this type of knowledge. And then you make a small post like um, how to compost all of your trash very easily or how to reuse your eggshells as, uh, I, what's the word in English for this? How to reuse your eggshells as plant food, let's say, you know, and find, giving people thoughts and solutions which are very easy that they can very easily implement in their daily lives without a second thought without thinking that oh but this is a lot of hard work this is nice but this is not for me you know just go to your kitchen get your banana and do this other thing right and people will be interested about this and then they will keep coming so i think it's first important to define what it is that you really love to talk about right I am, and I will give a very simple example. I am a person who works in fashion. I have always worked in fashion, but I don't like to talk about fashion. So no. I know, I know that if I made a, a channel about ah, fashion, it would be a, a complete flaw because I, I don't really enjoy talking about it. You know, like it's my work. But nowadays that I am a little older and a little more mature, I realize that it's not necessarily something that I chose as a career because I was passionate about this, right? It's something that I chose for actually that number of reasons. So I wouldn't necessarily advise people that ah, you should make a YouTube channel about your profession because your profession doesn't define who you are. Your interests define who you are, right? And you can turn your interests into your profession into money, which is something that I am doing. So if I made a, a channel about fashion, I would have like maybe a half dozen of ideas and I wouldn't be very passionate about pursuing this. I wouldn't be very inspired to make these videos. So I know the quality of the content wouldn't be the best, right? But mm. whenever I talk about different cultures, whenever I talk about India, whenever I talk about expanding your thoughts by thinking outside the box, by going to a country which is completely different than your daily life. This is something that really triggers something in me. And then I already have like a thousand, a thousand different ideas of stuff that I could share about India, right? Like I can share how to make a dish. I can share how to make chai. I can, I can share what is the difference between Christianism and Hinduism? I can share what are my favorite Bollywood movies. I can share movies that people can watch on Netflix, Indian songs that people can listen to on Spotify. The list is endless. So I would say that if you want to start a channel or a podcast, or if you just want to make money creating content on the internet, it is very important that you like whatever it is that you're talking about. And then the ideas are, are just going to start flowing and you are going to feel inspired and you are going to wake up on the next day. Oh my God, but that post that I made yesterday, I didn't say about that other thing. 
I can make yeah. a new post approaching the second part of the topic, right? And this is the, the, the ignition the, that gives you the light. And the second thing that I think is important is apart from liking whatever it is that you do for from for being consistent, because there are going to be posts that you're going to post and nobody's going to like them. That you're going to put your hours of dedication into making the video or into making the post and nobody's going to watch. And you need to know that, okay, this is a part of the process. I cannot let this allow me to fail. And one of the main reasons why most people fail on YouTube is because they make one or two videos and then they give up because they are not like a overnight success or overnight boom. And they see that it is a lot of work and they just get demotivated and, and they just stop doing this. And I think the third point is to understand that these stories that we read on the internet about people who are an overnight success, about someone who made a channel and the channel went viral overnight and this person now has like thousands, millions of followers or whatever it is, that these small cases that we see on the media, they are an exception. And understanding that they are an exception is the key to understanding that most likely this is not gonna be our case. Because in the beginning, and this is something that I learned from my experience being uh, a fashion brand owner, is that I used to read a lot of stories about people being entrepreneurs and this person launched a brand out of nowhere and this brand boomed and nowadays they're already selling in New York and in London and all of the fancy places and whatever it is. And I used to feel very frustrated that why is this not happening to me? I always thought that I was smart. I always thought that I was capable enough to be this type of person that booms overnight Am I a failure? Am I not? Am I doing something wrong? Because this is not my case. Right. Until I learned that most people are not like this. Most people, they actually have to work really hard for years in order to build something successful. And these things that we, we read in the media, they romanticize this notion of success a lot. They make you believe that it just takes like making one post or just putting your, your online shop there and suddenly the whole world is gonna know who you are and it's not like this. It requires a lot of hard work. So yeah. people, I think the main key is for people to understand that they need to like what they do, be consistent and not give up. Just keep doing it. And it doesn't matter if you're good at it or not. Like I am not a, a pro in video editing. I edit my videos on my phone. Like I use my iPhone to edit and post all of my videos. Yeah. Because it is by experience and it's by doing it that you are going to learn and you are going to improve more. I see a lot of people that they don't get started because they think they don't have the right camera. Yep. They don't have the, the right microphone or they don't have the right editing skills. But this doesn't matter. If you like what you're talking about and you are doing this, you know, very consistently, then eventually you are going to learn how to become better. And people are going to follow you throughout this journey. Like most of the channels that we see that about... Uh, people who have a channel about India, Brazilians who have a channel about India, most of those videos, they are very far from professional. They are not like uh, requiring a huge editing team or a huge software. It's just about people putting themselves out there and saying like, oh, you know, this is my life in India. This is Indian culture. This is this and this is that. 
and people are going to start watching. And as they watch, you start learning the things that you can improve upon. Like, okay, maybe if I post a, a video just with me talking straight on the camera, it's a little tiring. So I'm going to put a JF in the middle. And then in this other part, I'm going to put a clip of a movie to illustrate what I'm talking about. And then I'm going to make a joke so people laugh. And I'm going to play a little with zooming in and zooming out of my face so that it keeps people engaged. And you start learning these things with time. So if you have a phone and you have internet, you can just download any editing app and it's already enough. You know, you can already start posting your videos and keep it, and keep learning about this, you know, like reading what is the type of video that people usually watch the most? What is the type of watch time that people should have so that your channel grows so that you can keep this in mind that, okay, uh, my watch time of each one of my videos should be around 50% or more so that eventually YouTube starts recommending my videos. Oh, okay. Today I read an article saying that it's really important that you build a thumbnail of your videos, which is very catchy so that people will want to click on your video, you know, so that they watch your video. So there, there are always stuff that you need to understand that, okay, it's a constant learning process. I am never going to be ready enough. I am always going to be learning more about this. And I need to be willing to learn. Because if you just start posting, thinking that this is the best that you can do and wondering why it's a flop or why nobody's watching, then you are not getting the message because nobody's perfect. And everybody can always do better. I can always do better. I already know what types of videos I want to do in the future. And I already know that right now my editing skills are not up to that. But how can I always be learning and improving little by little so that one day I am going to get there, right? So it's not about posting the perfect video, about having the perfect camera or the perfect, perfect mic. It's just about getting started and not dropping it in the middle of the way. Just keep doing it. Great. Uh, definitely, I believe we all are work in progress. And by saying that, I would say... What's more important is that finding what you really love, what, you, what you're passionate about, and eventually being consistent uh, in the process because there will be ups and downs, there will be videos which will, or the content which will click millions, billions, and there will be times when you will not even get into triple digits. So I believe it's completely normal to have such days, and I, I believe that everyone has those days. Now, what's more important is that always, always going to the, for the next one and always enjoying the process because I believe that this is more about the process who you are becoming, uh, what kind of, uh, uh, I mean, knowledge values and skill sets you are attaining during the process. And I think uh, you're just good to go with that. Uh, with that, I would like uh, to move to the, uh, the last segment called Spotlight. My recommendation would be a book called Ikigai, uh, which is a very popular uh, <clears throat> Japanese book. And uh, it's actually a survey being done in a village where usually people have a lifespan of around 104, 105 years. And uh, this really talks about not just healthy, but also happy life. So uh, it, it, it gives you a different understanding about uh, understanding uh, how to live a happy and long life. And it talks about certain elements about how to be active thoroughly throughout the life, uh, how you can enjoy your work, uh, how to adjust your meal according to your life and all of that. So that would be my recommendation to our listeners. Uh, and with that, I would like to ask you to share your recommendation uh, for our viewers and listeners. 
Okay, so I would like to recommend the YouTube channel, which is my favorite channel, and he is an Indian YouTuber, and he's very inspiring, which is Drew Vrati. I really love his videos because they are not just some random videos that you see on YouTube about memes or about a game or about whatever it is that doesn't really matter. But his channel is about making people learn something new. And this is something that I really love about his content because he has really good research skills and research and research skills, which certainly has been polishing as he makes more videos and he learns more about these topics and about researching, right? There is even one video where he mentions the behind the scenes. He shows how he researches and how he keeps the pointers there so that he will like shoot a video and then the, the, the pointers are there so that he will remember. And he mentions that sometimes it takes him four to five hours to shoot one single video, apart from all of the research hours, because he keeps making it until he gets it right. And the amount of clarity that he has on certain topics about Indian politics, about world issues, like he recently posted a video about the conflict between Israel and Palestine. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting. It's very, like I said before, it's very easy to understand. He makes things in a way that even if I am a foreigner who knows nothing about Indian politics, I can still watch a video and get a better understanding about what's happening in the elections in India, or what is happening in the Israel-Palestine conflict in a very easy way. So I really get inspired by his channel. And if anyone is not subscribed yet, you should definitely subscribe to his channel and watch his videos and see in which all interesting ways people can share content on YouTube, you know? And you can see that it's something that he likes to do. It's not, not like he's necessarily an expert in this. He was an engineering student, but he just liked to share these types of ideas. And eventually people started liking to watch whatever it is that he says. So now he has a podcast. He has a huge channel. He does sponsored videos. He's making a huge amount of money from this, from doing something that he loves and that he eventually polished himself to do it pretty well. And he does mention in one of the videos that he was always good at research. So it was good that he was able to pick this up on himself that, okay, I am good at research. So this is something that I'm going to use in my favor, right? I am not going to keep trying to do something that I do bad and see if someday I'm going to be good enough in that thing. This is a mistake that I used to make a lot in the beginning, especially on my brand that okay, I am not good at certain things, so I need to be an expert at this, but it's not. If you are good at certain things, you need to be even better at that. And I was always good at storytelling and at creating different content for people. And once I learned this, that, okay, I do this actually much better than, you know, taking care of some other aspect of my business. This is the thing that is making the difference to me because I realized that, okay, I do this well, and I like to do this, so I'm going to focus on this more. And Drew Vrati, he also understood that, okay, his strength is to do good research and explain this in a very clear way. So I think it can be very insightful for people to yeah. realize that, first, there's a huge number of topics that you can approach on YouTube that are very interesting topics that people are actually going to be interested about. 
And second, what is the thing that you like to do? And what is the thing that you do well? What is the what is your core strength? You know, everybody has a core strength. For some people, it may be to speak more on a podcast. For some people, it may be to make a, a written text or a written post on uh, Instagram. And then later you can write an ebook and sell people ebooks. Or I know people who are even authors, authors in Brazil that they became popular and they have best-selling books because of their Instagram account, because they share whatever they, they like to write on Instagram. And eventually people ask, oh my God, write a book. You're really good at this. And people actually launch ebooks and it becomes a success. And that there is a, a there is no limit to what you can do on the internet. It's like a really huge array of possibilities, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I definitely, I mean, it's a really wonderful, uh, I would say the recommendation you shared. And I believe uh, a lot of people can actually understand that it's extremely important to, to play by your strengths. And I mean, it's, it's like any athlete, uh, a lot of times people are concerned about their area of improvement or weakness, if they call that. Uh, but I think it's extremely important is to identify your strengths and master those strengths in a way that there is no one actually out there who could be better than you. Uh, with that, uh, I, I would like to uh, thank you for being on the show. And I believe uh, uh, if I have to summarize uh, the oral conversation, uh, I would like to recommend uh, all, all the people who are interested to create content just to understand it this way that you just create content once and it lives forever. So it's that easy because, I mean, uh, internet actually provides you that, that accessibility across the world, gives you that freedom uh, to work in your own style, at your own ease, at your own time zone. And it's extremely, extremely important that you, you do not just feed your own curiosity, but you also feed curiosity of the people. So thank you uh, for being with us. And I'm sure uh, for me, it was actually very thrilling and very engaging conversation. And I understood a lot of areas where, uh, uh, I mean, I can learn on a lot of grounds and I'm sure a lot of viewers and listeners uh, will have a lot of takeaways through our conversation as well. So once again, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for the invitation. It was a pleasure to be here today. I hope you guys all enjoyed it and see you soon. All clips and voices you heard belongs to the original creators and we have provided links of them in our show notes. The episode is edited by Avi Agarwal and the music is given by Salam.